Hey, pretty people. So writing books is not the only thing that I do. On my website, I also have an eShop where I sell things like cute animal pillows, candy-themed AirPod cases, Pokemon building block sets, and more. And the shipping is free. Also, if you subscribe to my email list, you'll get a 10% off coupon for everything currently available. I occasionally do giveaways that are exclusive to subscribers, so don't miss out. Sign up today. The Demetrius Show podcast covers a variety of topics concerning mental health. This occasionally includes topics such as depression, anxiety, eating disorders, and thoughts some people may find distressing to hear. Listener discretion is advised. Each episode dealing with mental health is meant to be a general discussion and not meant to take the place of advice or treatment from any licensed medical professional. If you are needing mental health advice and or treatment, please speak with a mental health professional. There's a restaurant close to where I live and I remember sitting in, I was sitting in my apartment. I had this cute little sweater dress on and I was like, I don't know what to do for dinner. I really, and I was thinking to myself how I, you know, it would be nice to share this with someone. And I was like, you know what? I was like, I'd love to go to this rush, you know, this place. Right. And so I drive myself over there. I walk up to the bar and I have a seat. And I'll never forget it because there was a, an older couple next to me on my left and I was sitting there and I looked at the menu. I ordered myself a glass of wine. I ordered an entree and they looked at me and they were like, oh my God, you're, you like, you know, the woman was like, you, you look beautiful tonight. And I was like, thank you. She's like, are you waiting on someone? And I said, I said, no, I'm, I'm here. I'm here on my own. And she looks at me and she's like, honey, you're never alone. I've spoken before about my advocacy of women especially as someone who often gets mistaken for one. I've talked a lot about women's dating experiences. I've brought on several women of color to discuss their experiences and challenges that they face. But today, though, I want to focus on how women can reclaim their power. Particularly, I want to focus on how women, instead of looking for external validation, can instead start romancing, quote-unquote, themselves, first and foremost. Now, of course, far be it from me as a man to tell any woman how to do any of this. So I've enlisted the help of Victoria Eisenhower, owner and creator of Lotus Lifestyle. She's a yoga instructor and a life coach who helps women recognize their own unique sensual power, building confidence and boundaries, and creating a strong sacred bond with themselves to live a more fulfilled lifestyle. So needless to say, I think she's more than qualified to help me break down today's topic. So let's get started. Welcome to The Demetria Show, where I learn how to walk through my shadows, picking the flowers I've grown through sheer resilience. And I may not know enough yet to start teaching, but I'm going to keep convincing you to keep pushing. I'm Demetrius. And this is my life after speaking. Something I'm very passionate about is breaking down what codependency in relationships means and looks like. We have so much media, mostly romantic comedies, that push this idea that you can't do something as simple as going to a restaurant, a coffee shop, a movie theater, etc. by yourself. Those are places for dates or 
to go with someone else. You're not supposed to go to these places or do these things alone. That's taboo. In a broader sense, our culture and media tries to instill this idea that you need to find someone to quote-unquote complete you. Like you're not capable of being a whole, fully realized version of yourself unless you're in a relationship. So we see movies where the protagonist, usually a woman, spends the entire movie searching for this perfect guy who does and says all the right things with perfect timing. He completes her and they live happily ever after because they can't do so without each other. And because that's so ingrained in our culture, it's easy to see how so many people struggle with the idea that you can't do something as simple as pulling up a chair in a sit-down restaurant without feeling like you have to have a companion, like something's wrong with you if you're not eventually permanently attached to someone. That's why I'm bringing in Victoria to help me talk about women's experiences with these very things and how she helps her clients reevaluate their worth and find their inner power. So let's bring her on. I go by, I have a few few fun titles. I call myself the self-love scientist. I am not your average yoga teacher, and I am a women's sex coach. So three titles there, right? Let's, I want to kind of dig into each one of those. So you mentioned you are not like every other yoga teacher, correct? Yep. Not your average yoga teacher. Not your average yoga teacher. (laughs) So how do you differentiate yourselves from the other yoga teachers? So my philosophy, the way I approach yoga is backed by the training I did. I became a teacher in April of 2021. And when I finished that, the training, it really, it just completely changed my mindset on the approach to yoga because people hear yoga and immediately they think of flexibility. They, a lot of body, you know, self-conscious body shame comes up because it's depicted as like, you know, very fit kind of topic. And I want to bring the experience that I had in my training. And even when I started yoga years ago as a source of like self-love, and to help with like clarity in my mind. I want to bring that with every experience I have with my private clients to my group sessions. So I bring a lot more creativity and I focus a lot more on safety, mindfulness, allowing everyone to feel more comfortable in their bodies, more connected with their breath. And I collaborate with businesses to integrate more yoga into the workplace to boost like the overall like confidence and morale of their employees. And it's not just like, oh, we're going to do us, you know, let's go into downward dog and breathe. It's more like, oh, we're going to play this Harry style song and we're going to shake and, you know, just having this overall experience that allows people to feel more at home. So it's not just the class. They actually take those feelings and that experience beyond the mat. Oh, good. Yes. Because I can say from personal experience that yoga was my first time going was very intimidating because when you see yoga depicted, like in the media, you see like these really super fit women, disciplined women, and you're thinking you have to already be in that space in order to do yoga. But I going in, I was like, I'm actually really out of shape and I can't do half of these poses the way everyone else is doing. But that was okay. I mean, over time I was able to, but I think it's important for people to know that you have to, like you mentioned, kind of figure out where your body is and kind of just, you know, get it to a point where it's comfortable 
moving into those new poses and new ways of breathing and getting things adjusted and things of that nature. Yes, exactly. I like I desire that when everyone comes in, they leave feeling like I've never taken a class like that before. And I want everyone to feel seen and you know, you get on the mat and I was I've been there myself where I get on the mat and I look at everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I can't get my foot up that high. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I love that you do that at the corporate level as well. You go into those corporate spaces because we need that. We need that so much right now. We're very, I work in the corporate environment. We're very sedentary. We barely have time to get up, first of all. And then we do get up. It's to quickly like scurry to the closest vending machine, grab something awful, right? And then we scurry back to our desks. And that's our whole day. And so we try to find ways to get up and move. And I love that you mentioned that you get people to kind of shake things out a little bit to kind of loosen up because you're sitting all day and you have all that tension and everything like that. And I mean, you're not going to be able to sometimes just be like, okay, I'm going to just stretch. Maybe you need to like shake things up a little bit first, then stretch, then kind of, you know, it helps mentally, I think, to get you in that space. So I love that. So your other profession is you are a sex coach. I became very interested in my my own personal like sexual wellness and health when I so I went through a I went through a divorce after I kind of thought like I was like oh I have everything <laughs> yeah during the divorce like losing letting that relationship go and like closing that chapter it really it kind of took like an identity part of me. So it was this rebuilding and rekindling this relationship with myself and getting to know who this, you know, who this woman was. And I realized a lot of power comes from intimacy, especially the one you have with yourself. And I started building these boundaries and like doing things that would challenge my body. And that would include like going out on dates by myself where I, you know, I never would have saw myself doing that because I always expected, you know, I have to, I have to like in quotes, like I have to have someone go with me Mm -hmm. and in my previous relationships, I was always hopeful to receive certain things and have these expectations that weren't fulfilled. And I started doing that on my own and I realized like I had a lot of power and I started, I feel like I found my voice and my confidence when I started learning to love myself again after that chapter. And I became very fascinated with the way our body works when it comes to building intimacy from anything from like standing in front of the mirror and saying, I love you and really noticing what came up. I used to be very self-conscious. And then I started, you know, started wearing clothes that like made me feel really sexy. I started taking more baths. And then I started doing a lot of reading into women's health and like really understanding that I was like, oh my God, this whole time I really do have a power. I just, I thought that my life was supposed to look like this, like white picket fence kind of thing. And so when that came to an end, it was like, what do I do? <laughs> right, right, precisely. Who am I? <laughs> and so I started dating myself and it just, it brought me so much confidence because I realized that the person I actually needed this whole time was myself to really understand what my boundaries are. And once I started trusting myself and just getting to know her so much more, I was like, damn, I am like, I am 
thriving. <laughs> Excellent. Um, yeah. So I became, I basically became very passionate about sharing my experiences. I did some mindset coaching on the side as well. And I started, you know, chatting with my girlfriends at first and then some family members. I was like, did you know, like, like, does anybody, like, does anybody ever talk about like, like even pleasure? Like, does anybody talk about self-pleasure? And everyone's like, oh no, that's very like scandalous or taboo. Da, da, da. <laughs> and I'm like, why aren't we talking about this? Because when we have this trust and we're able to really drop in with ourselves and like take, take an evening or take some time out of your day to like be intimate and, you know, the power and the energy that comes from that is just, uh, I'm like smiling ear to ear because I get so excited. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I thought to myself and I have a business mentor and he was, he told me, he's like, people, I started sharing a lot of information on my social media. And my mentor was like, you, he's like, you need to tell people that you're doing this, like, as a, like, this is your coaching program. This is your purpose is there are people Good. out there who have, they have no idea. And it's, it's no one's fault. Like, even for me, it wasn't anybody. So I, I love to educate and empower women to take, to take back that power in their sexuality and thrive in their lifestyles. Because when we're, able to put ourselves up to a standard, we can go out in the world without people pleasing everybody because we've said yes to ourselves first. Exactly. Precisely. And I want to ask you too. So what was the first time that you took yourself out on a date? What was that experience like? I smile because it's to this day, it's probably one of my favorite restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's a restaurant close to where I live. And I remember sitting in, I was sitting in my apartment. I had this cute little sweater dress on and I was like, I don't know what to do for dinner. I really, and I was thinking to myself how I, you know, it would be nice to share this with someone. And I was like, you know what? I was like, I'd love to go to this rush, you know, this place. Right. And so I drive myself over there. I walk up to the bar and I have a seat and I'll never forget it because there was a, an older couple next to me on my left and I was sitting there and I looked at the menu. I ordered myself a glass of wine. I ordered an entree and they looked at me and they're like, oh my God, you're you like, you know, the woman was like, you, you look beautiful tonight. And I was like, thank you. She's like, are you waiting on someone? And I said, I said, no, I'm, I'm here. I'm here on my own. And she looks at me and she's like, honey, you're never alone. And mm. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> <laughs> I, I sat there and not only was like the company unexpectedly wonderful and warm, the food was divine. Like the food was out of this world. And I sat there and I kept thinking to myself, like, I can't believe I waited this long to, for someone else to treat me this way when I had the ability to do that myself and I overcame that whole, cause there was a lot of, I wouldn't say a lot. I would definitely say there's some kind of like judgment, like that scarcity feeling of I'm about to go into this nice restaurant and I'm a lot, like, like I said, alone or, you know, mm -hmm. here I am by myself. And when I sat at the bar and I had this food and the service was phenomenal, I felt completely like just I felt seen in a way and then I could just laugh off what I was feeling before and then with each time because I would continue to like go out have a drink or have dinner it got easier and easier and I was able to just show up confidently like yep 
And now I'm like really good friends with the bartenders and the servers there. <laughs> good. When they know you by name. And it's it's empowering now because I'm the kind of person where I, I can sit there and I can strike up a conversation with someone. And I no longer feel that, I don't feel that judgment. And that could have been something, you know, that judgment that came from myself for being there independently. Now I show up confidently like, yep, I am treating myself to a date night, you know, or even a date night at home. <laughs> exactly. Well, I'm glad you're able to do that. And getting over that hurdle of, oh my gosh, what am I going to do when people see that I'm sitting here by myself and I'm ordering an entree and a drink and whatever, whatever. And a lot of that comes down to is that, yeah, people may look at you when you first walk in and you first order, but we are so like caught up in our own little universes that you're not going to be the topic of discussion for months on end or something. They're probably just going to be like, okay, well, they're by themselves for some reason, I don't know, at mm -hmm. worst. And then they'll go back to eating or whatever they're doing. And you will not be like this pariah <laughs> of a person who gets chased out of the village, you know, and all that stuff. And so I'm glad that you're able to, to see that and experience that and that it was at a place that you really liked and that you've grown to love it now. And I'm really glad that the lady that spoke to you said that to you, said that you're never alone. Because really, if you go out somewhere and you sit down and you know how to, you know, kind of interact with people, it takes time, right? Sometimes, but once you get that down, it's, I mean, you can go anywhere. You can sit down anywhere and just feel completely at ease. So I'm so thankful that you were able to experience that. Thank you. I think it it gets easier with time. And this kind of experience happens, even if it's not at a restaurant, you could be at a coffee shop and you're like, okay, I'm going to put my book here. I'm going to sit here. And it's like, you can always talk. You can strike a conversation with the barista, or you might even meet someone at that location. Right. And I, I do think it gets a lot easier and next thing you know it becomes part of like this thing you get to treat yourself or look forward to and it's it's amazing and some of the if you are in the dating game seriously right some of the best stories happen from just going someplace and meeting someplace in some kind of innocuous location like you're oh i was just sitting at the coffee shop and that's where i met so-and-so or something versus like a dating app or a club or a bar or something oh i would i would definitely like that over <laughs> <laughs> right better much better potential love story there set up so i, I yeah i i totally get that and I, i'm thankful that you know you're able to do that and i encourage people to go out and do have those times where you go out by yourself and you sit there and you have to you know kind of figure out how you're going to navigate through the experience to just kind of figure out for me, especially it was, well, who do you want to be? How do you want to go about your life where you're not constantly attached to a person because you don't have to be and figuring out, you know, cause you're going to try to talk. I wanted to try to talk to people I had never met and strike up conversation and learn that social skill and going through and going, okay, well, sometimes people will be receptive to it. And sometimes people will not. And that's okay. I mean, that's everyone has their paradigms and their how comfortable they are with meeting strangers and things of that nature. But I still encourage people to overall just continue to go for it. And usually it's overall going to be a positive experience. Yes. 
Absolutely. And like, for me, I would save so much time and energy if I would go for it. And so I use that mindset even now. It's like, okay, if that's what I want, you know, what is standing in my way? Oh, I've never done this before, but it feels exciting. Go for it. Because if you keep spinning that hamster wheel of like, what if, what if, what if, what is the best case scenario? And like you said, it turns into a positive experience. Exactly. And just because something is unfamiliar doesn't mean it's always going to be bad. Exactly. Exactly. So I think we got two out of three of your professions. What was the last one? Oh, probably the self-love scientist. <laughs> Self. Okay, perfect. Self-love scientist. So how, tell me a little bit about that. So I, it was funny because I was chatting with a friend the other day and she was like, we should break this down. Where did this come from again? <laughs> and I think it's funny because I kind of, I go, I'll change it a little bit from time to time. This title kind of stuck with me because I'm going to kind of go backwards. So the scientist actually um, is a part of my history. Like I did go to school for science. I love, and I'm very nerdy about learning how our bodies are put together, how they operate. I look at us and I see art. So I like appreciate, like we're literally walking canvases and I love that we're all unique. And so I'm obsessed with like how things work. <laughs> and that, that's something I also use for my coaching is understanding like how women and learning how to, you know, basically like learning how you're learning how your body operates and not being afraid to getting to know her. And so the scientist part of me is all that research and also experiences. Like I like to try things and see for what they are before I apply that for my work. And then the self-love, it came into play probably even, no, I would say, yeah, definitely during this like new, like new season and new journey for myself was building and integrating self-love for myself because for so long I was serving other people and living a life for them, for their comfort, like playing small, staying in a box. And then when I finally just basically took over and took, you know, took over the drive, I was like, you know what? <laughs> I want to fully like step into my life and power and live my life on my terms. That was adding more self-love and forgiveness and learning to let go of like shame and guilt. And that was, you know, kind of tied up with the, the sex coaching as well was learning to rebuild this relationship with myself with, you know, getting my health on track and moving towards things that I love and kind of, I would say steering my lifestyle. I would say like, you know, steering the lifestyle towards what we want, like what we truly want, like, what is it that you want? Not what your parents said, not what your grandparents said, not what your mm -hmm. friends, like getting down to the bear, like the bear that is you and knowing like, this is what I want deep down. I know I'm destined for greatness and that, you know, this is, it's this or something better. So the self-love comes from this relationship I have built for myself, this lifestyle that I've created and continue to grow and thrive in because at the end of the day, at the end of the timeline, like this is, this is our life. This is, this is what we got. Let's, let's make it amazing. Let's make it colorful and like, let's get loud and messy and have fun versus like this, you know, stay small, play, like, you know, stay small, be quiet. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm Right. That, so all of that combined with the scientific nerdiness in me to 
experience life and be curious and, you know, stay open and be curious to these experiences. And the more I find myself challenged, the more I want to understand and expand and grow. Exactly. Perfect. So you mentioned, I know you mentioned before about the people pleasing aspect. And I think that ties into a lot of that where you are helping people kind of put, of course, put themselves first. And we also mentioned before about the unfamiliar and kind of exploring that and knowing that it's not always a bad thing to get outside of your comfort zone and experience new things, even if it's at the cost of what you think your, like you mentioned, what you think your friends, family, peers are going to want for you. It takes that courage to kind of learn for yourself what's best for yourself. And I'm, I'm thankful that, you know, you are able to help assist others in discovering what that means for them. Thank you, love. I appreciate that. Yes, yes. So what are some of the most common scenarios that you notice women struggle with the most regarding taking back their power or mental health? I would say we come across a lot of shame and a lot of guilt of this this feeling of I'm not worthy or I'm, I'm not enough to receive this. And this comes from like, on average, this is coming from someone who works on nine to five, has the degree, has children, and also may not have children. It's like they're doing all the things and yet deep down, they still feel like it's not enough. And so when it comes to like, Hey, you know, part of our practice is, you know, I like, I'd like for you to plan a self-love day, or even if it's something as small as like going on a walk and there's resistance there because at some point in time when they were younger in their adolescence, there was a point in time where they wanted to feel creative or asked for something and they were told no, or they were, they they were seeking out this love and it was not returned. And it could be something very minor like that. It could also, it can, there's a huge scale, you know, that small minor incident of being told no, or I don't have time for you right now from an adult or guardian, that small trauma and going all the way to even experiencing some form of sexual trauma, it really does impact the way we end up growing and growing up into, you know, into adulthood. So then we're in this, it could be a small level of fight or flight. It could be a very low level of just living with these horse blinders up and knowing like, I have to work Monday through Friday, Mm -hmm. nine to five. And then I have to like, I can't tell you how many times people tell me, I just, I can't, I need to get to the weekend. Then they get to the weekend and the weekend goes by so quickly because, you know, they spend one day doing all the adult chores or taking care of kids, soccer games, and they're still not implementing time for themselves. So it's almost like they cycle through burnout. And when someone asks them to do something for themselves, they're hit with the, oh no, I could never do that. Right. And it's not, you know, it's not unheard of. And at the same time, it's not their fault. And so we work through a lot of that guilt and shame for them to actually, you know, go treat yourself. And, um, and this is as small as like, go out and get that cup of coffee or go out and buy those shoes. Like, I know you're thinking about those shoes and I really think you should wear them. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Do they ever come to you specifically about anything with their sexual health? Um, some of them are curious (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) because when I launched, um, when I started marketing as a sex coach, I had a couple women come to me 
And that was, that's where I started integrating the concept of educating and empowering because at, you know, there's not, there is not a lot of information available for young women about exploring their sexuality and safe, like, you know, safe sex, or even just like female pleasure and teaching women to like have fun with their bodies. It's immediately like in school, that's when you're going through puberty, these are the changes that happen to your body. And so these programs are being put into, you know, we're exposed to these programs, we grow up, and then we're, we're expected to understand how our body works. And Mm -hmm. uh, we don't. Right. (laughs) No. So I, I educate women on like, just how to take something that's so taboo, and people hear sex, and they immediately are like, very, you know, some people are disgusted. And some people are like, that's very, you know, it's very scandalous. It's very hush hush. And I'm here to say, mm, what's so you would say the same thing about politics and religion. I want to turn something that's taboo into something sacred and beautiful. Right. And and so I educate them on how exciting they can be about their bodies because it is, it comes down to mindset and the way we feel in our bodies. I like that a lot. So regarding, do you ever get clients or anything where they're talking about the dating scene, specifically (laughs) how transactional it is? And when you come into contact with these men who expect something in return for taking them out to eat or, I mean, doing anything, do you ever come into contact with that? Dating comes up not as much in the clientele, I was at one point helping a young lady who I was celebrating her so much because we've, we worked for a while where she was able to, she was able to hold herself to a standard because she realized like how valuable she was as a woman and in her, you know, sexual power that when she went on a date and she could feel in her body that she was not, you know, she was no longer desiring this person. She just felt it like energetically, like, I no longer want to be around this person. I want to go home. So she, you know, told this person like, I'm going to leave. This isn't working for me. And when that happened, the person she was with reacted and she was like, she's like, you know, a part of me almost felt guilty for telling him no. And then I realized, you know, what we had talked about, about standing in my power, because at the end of the day, she's not alone. She's just free. So what do you feel has been the most challenging aspect of your work? I think the most challenging aspect of my work is coming to terms with patients and teaching my clients this, this low study, like this, this is a very, you know, sacred um, process. I have, you know, everybody wants results immediately. Everybody wants Mm -hmm. to feel like a million dollars tomorrow. Everyone wants, you know, like full transparency. Everybody wants to have the big, you know, orgasm. (laughs) Right. They do. It's like, I want that for all of you. And I want that for everyone. However, we have some work to do. And until you learn to like, you can tell me, yes. Like, do you trust yourself? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, do you? (laughs) Right. Right. Do you trust yourself? And so it's, I think I like that you said challenge because I feel that every client I come like in contact with and every relationship I've built has taught me something at the same time about me 
and about them. And I feel like I've become, I've become more and more in tune to being patient with them. And just like when I hold the space and they're, they could be voicing, like, you know, it felt very hard for me for like to stand in front of a mirror and like write out, you know, all the things that they didn't like about their bodies or when they, you know, went to practice, they didn't, they didn't stay there for very long and they were discouraged. And I think, yeah, it's just patience. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Patience has become, I think that's something that I've definitely brought in for 2023 is it reminds me of a garden, which is funny because I'm obsessed with roses right now. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, I've been kind of using this as in my work as well as teaching my clients that our goals are like planting the seeds and the work that we're doing is nurturing the sun, the water, the sweet, you know, affirmations. Like that's something we have to do daily. And then sometimes, you know, we'll skip a day. We just have to remember that the garden is still there and requires tending, but we can't just dive in and look at it and open up the soil and be like, why haven't you grown yet? Right. Why fixed? And it's like, no, no, no. Everything is perfect. Everything is happening right on time. We just have to continue to nurture it. And it's, that's it right there. So on the flip side of that, what are some of your favorite success stories? (laughs) I would have to say, I would have to go back to that story about the, the young, my young client. I generally see clients um, from ages 22 to about 60. And she was at that 22 mark. And I was really excited because, you know, I'm a little bit older and the clients I see are a reflection of who I was a couple of years ago. So when she and I were on a call going through like her homework and, you know, I do drop-ins based on like the, the work we do together. And when she told me the story about the date she had and how she excused herself and that guilt, like that ego guilt came up for her. And the fact that she was able to say, nope and turn around and go, I was so excited because that's big. And she told me that she was able to recognize that she, you know, she didn't have to feel guilty for leaving or walking away and that she, she realized her value and her worth where before we even started the work, she said that, you know, she was very drained by the dating apps. And so, so she, the fact that she went from feeling you know, that she had to say yes to, you know, all these dates just to, so she wouldn't feel that, you know, would be nice to be with someone would be nice to have a boyfriend. She's now able, and she has determined that right now that's not her focus and that's not really what she wants. And she's, she's onto some really big things for her career. And I'm very, very excited for her. Thank you for listening to the Demetrius show. Reviews of this show help expand my audience size and reach new listeners. So be sure to rate it on your preferred listening platform so more people can know about it. Also, if you really love this show, be sure to subscribe to my email list so you can be the first to get news and updates about the podcast and more. And as always, be kind to yourself, be safe, and until next time.